Restaurant industry is in free fall, and ten thousand close in three months. Today, the National Restaurant Association sent a letter to the congressional leadership, sharing new survey findings that illustrate continued business deterioration across the restaurant industry, and offering support for the moderate compromise proposal as a down payment toward a larger relief package in early 2021. What these findings make clear is that more than five hundred thousand restaurants of every business type, franchise, chain, and independent, are in an economic freefall," said Sean Kennedy, executive vice president for public affairs, in the letter. And for every month that passes without a solution from Congress, thousands more restaurants will close their doors for good. The National Restaurant Association Research Group conducted the survey of 6,000 restaurant operators and 250 supply chain businesses, November 17th to 30th, 2020, and the findings were stark. 87% of full-service restaurants, independent chain, and franchise, report an average 36% drop in sales revenue. For an industry with an average profit margin of 5% to 6%. This is simply unsustainable. Eighty-three percent of full-service operators expect sales to be even worse over the next three months. And although sales are significantly lowered for most independent and franchise owners, their costs have not fallen by proportional level. Fifty-nine percent of operators say their total labor costs, as a percentage of sales, are higher than they were pre-pandemic. The future remains bleak, and 58% of chain and independent full-service operators expect continued furloughs and layoffs for the next three months. The tide of restaurants closures and bankruptcies continues to rise, sweeping away jobs in some of the most venerated independent and chain restaurants. As of today. Seventeen percent of restaurants, more than one hundred and ten thousand establishments, are closed permanently or long term. The vast majority of permanently closed restaurants were well-established businesses and fixtures in their communities, and on average, these restaurants had been in business for sixteen years, and sixteen percent had been open for at least thirty years. And only 48% of these former restaurant owners say it is likely they will remain in the industry in any form in the months or years ahead. And our nation is losing a generation of industry talent, knowledge, and entrepreneurial spirit. In short, the restaurant industry simply cannot wait for relief any longer," said Kennedy. We appreciate the efforts of a group of moderate members of the House and Senate to advance a true compromise between the competing proposals from Democratic and Republican leaders. If this moderate plan represents a down payment for a larger relief package in early 2021, it will provide restaurants with immediate relief to hold on through the most dangerous point in our business year. In addition to support of the compromise proposal. The association provided a plan for how a proposed second draw from the Paycheck Protection Program, or the PPP, could be strengthened to reflect the unique business model of the restaurant industry, 
and highlighted other important measures in the proposal that would support restaurants in the short term. Now, the thing that you got to understand is pretty much for like the restaurant industry, really the only thing that could really save the restaurant industry is to allow them to be open at full capacity starting now. That's the only way you could really save these restaurants because they operate on such a tiny margin that there's really no other way for them to actually survive, right? Because you got to think about it, like they operate what, like like around a 5% margin. And so if you cut their capacity by even 10%, they're already losing money, right? And pretty much they're like at half capacity. In some cases, they're completely closed, right? Where they're not even allowed to operate an outside one, which would have been like a 20% capacity. So it's just crazy, right? Like no restaurant business can survive like that. Manhattan apartment seller takes a $12 million loss on Billionaire's Row condo. The seller of a luxury condo apartment on Manhattan Billionaire's Row took a loss of at least $12 million to offload the property, according to public filings. And you know what's crazy, right? Is that the majority of us common folk will never see $12 million in our lifetime. So the 4,500-square-foot condo at 157 West 57th Street, or 157, went to contract last week after being listed for $22.5 million, according to the Ashlyn Luxury Market Report, which tracks Manhattan sales contracts. The purchase price is unknown, and brokers declined to comment on price or the identity of the buyers or sellers. And the apartment was purchased by the seller in 2014 at the peak of the Manhattan real estate craze for $34 million. Assuming that it sold for below the listing price, which is likely in the current market, the seller took a loss of about $12 million or more. Now, this is the best buyer's market I've seen, said broker Ryan Serhant, who advised the buyers in recently launched brokerage and advisory firm Serhant. The smart purchasers are taking advantage. The multi-million dollar loss highlights the dramatic declines in value and the wealth destruction experienced by buyers who paid top dollar for the glamorous super towers built in midtown Manhattan. 157 was the king of condos in 2014, and it was the tallest residential building in the city at that time, soaring more than 1,000 feet with a screening room, art Atelier, private fitness center in a park Hyatt on the lower 18 floors. The penthouse of 157 was sold in 2014 for $100.5 million to tech billionaire Michael Dell. Even before the pandemic, 157's fortunes were turning. An even taller condo tower was rising next door and there was a glut of new condo apartments in Midtown. State and local tax changes in 2017 made things even worse. Resale prices at 157 began to slide. Then came the coronavirus pandemic, and New York City residents moved to the suburbs. Apartment sales in Manhattan fell 46% in the third quarter 
with average prices dropping anywhere between 5% and 10%. An apartment on the 88th floor sold in May for $28 million, which was $19 million less than the seller paid in 2014. The unit that went to contract last week, 58A on the 58th floor, has three bedrooms and four and a half bedroom, uh, bathrooms with a sweeping living and dining room overlooking Central Park. It's been on the market for more than six months, with the listing price dropping from $24.8 million to $22.5 million. Surin said the buyers are New Yorkers. They're local, he said, and they're excited about the prospect of buying a trophy home at a discount. SEC awards SpaceX $886 million for satellite internet network. The Federal Communications Commission announced $9.2 billion in awards to companies providing broadband internet to rural areas across the U.S., and Elon Musk's SpaceX was one of the biggest winners. The company will receive $886 million over the next 10 years for its Starlink satellite broadband project under the Federal Communication Commission's Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. Starlink is SpaceX's constellation of satellites that will fly at low altitudes around the Earth, providing internet on the ground below. SpaceX already has launched 900 of the planned 12,000 satellites needed for the Starlink system into low Earth orbit. Musk has said the company needs 800 satellites in space to provide significant operational capabilities and SpaceX kicked off its better-than-nothing beta for Starlink broadband in October after introducing a private beta over the summer. Other big winners in the FCC auction included LTD Broadband, which will get $1.3 billion, Charter Communications, which will receive $1.2 billion, and the Rural Electric Cooperative, Consortium, which is getting $1.1 billion. Between 24 and 163 million people lack broadband internet access in the U.S., and the problem is especially acute in rural areas. The incoming Biden administration is expected to increase federal broadband spending in 2021 to bridge the so-called digital divide. AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine partner in China plagued by scandal. This is totally surprising. The company AstraZeneca has tapped to produce its coronavirus vaccine in China has a long history of scandals involving bribery, legal battles, and the deaths of more than a dozen babies, a new report says. Shenzhen Kangtai Biological Products, one of China's biggest vaccine makers, recently inked a deal to become the exclusive manufacturer of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 shot there, according to the New York Times. While the partnership gives Kangtai an important role in rolling out a coronavirus vaccine in the world's second largest economy, 
It's just the latest chapter in the checkered history of the company led by billionaire chairman Du Weimin. The paper reported Monday. Kang Tai reportedly made headlines in 2013 when 17 infants died after taking its vaccine for hepatitis B. Regulators cleared the company of wrongdoing, and the vaccine is still used safely. But the incident sparked an outrage that led Chinese media and the public to brand Du a baby killer, according to the Times. Three years earlier, dozens of elementary school students in China's Guangdong province came down with vomiting, headaches, and limb weakness after receiving the same shot. The report says. Health officials reportedly downplayed concerns that the vaccine was linked to the illnesses, but didn't explain how they'd reached the, that conclusion before test results had come out. One global health expert reportedly said the spate of infant deaths raises legitimate concerns about Kang Tai at a crucial time for the vaccine industry. Imagine if a similar scandal is reported again in China. Yan Zhang. Wang, a senior fellow for global health at the Council on Foreign Relations, told the Times, "It's not just going to undermine the confidence of the company manufacturing the vaccine; it's also going to hurt the reputation of AstraZeneca itself and their vaccine too." AstraZeneca didn't immediately respond to a request for comment Monday, but the British drug maker stood by its deal with Kang Tai in a statement to the Times, saying it conducts appropriate and thorough due diligence prior to entering an agreement with any entity. Safety, efficacy, and the quality of the vaccine is of utmost importance, and AstraZeneca has partnered with capable, established organizations. To help ensure broad and equitable global access, at no profit during the pandemic, AstraZeneca told the paper, Kang Tai's alleged sketchy behavior is not unusual in a Chinese vaccine industry that suffers from corruption and a lack of confidence in its products among the Chinese public, according to the Times, which identified 59 corruption lawsuits involving vaccine companies from 2018. To 2020, Du, who has been dubbed the king of vaccines in China, and is one of the country's richest men, acknowledged in court documents that he handed drug regulator Yin Hongzhong a paper bag filled with $44,000 in cash in an effort to get Kang Tai's vaccines approved. The paper reported. The company was cleared several months later to start clinical trials for two vaccines that were ultimately approved and generated tens of millions of dollars in revenue. The report says, Yin, the regulator, was sent to jail in 2016 for taking bribes from Du and other vaccine producers, but Du himself was not charged, according to the Times. The same year, a Chinese court reportedly convicted the journalist Du Taxin of hurting Du Weimin's reputation by publishing a critical article about Kang Tai. The journalist had reported that regulators had delayed their 2010 announcement that roughly 180,000 doses of a rabies vaccine made by company Du Weimin owned were ineffective, so he would have had time to sell a majority stake in the firm. 
and deflect blame for the problems, according to the Times. Du Weidman successfully sued Du Taksin in his newspaper "Democracy and the Rule of Law," which had to delete the story the Times reported. Which is crazy, right? When you really think about it. Check out fortyinbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses. And do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Get a free stock worth up to five hundred dollars by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account, and automate your investing with Acorns down in the description below.